Alright listener, Ashprith here, um, just walking to, would you believe, a gig. I can't believe this, the first thing I have done, anything resembling a comedy gig for probably five months. Some of the stuff I did online was not pleasurable, so I just, I did it early on, did a couple and I just then decided that it wasn't for me, I wasn't enjoying it. Um, so I'm doing a gig for Ross McGrain's Little Smash Comedy. It's not far, it's a walkable distance from home. It's now about quarter past seven. Gig starts at eight, so it should be a nice little stroll. It's the hottest day it's ever been, but I thought I would, um, I know that we're not obviously recording podcasts at the moment, um, I'm doing what can only loosely be described as a set because uh, I've not really, it just seemed a bit weird to go back and just do a sort of 15-20 minute set of, you know, just like I did on the last gig, it just seems a bit strange to do, so I think I'm just going to, I don't know, see what comes out, I've got a few ideas, uh, a couple of bits that I've sort of been working on. I thought I'd record it. Uh, it's outdoors, so I don't know how it'll record, but I thought I'd record it and um, just um, put it out as a podcast. So, like I say, don't judge it. It's not necessarily finished or anything like that. And I also don't know how it's going to pick up. So, you know, literally, it's something though, isn't it? Put something out and. Uh, Sorry again that we've not been recording anything. Anyone who follows us on the Twitter will know, um, or listened to the last podcast, in fact, that um, Justin's had to get a job, basically. He uh, had no other alternative but to go and start delivering for Amazon. And he's been doing incredibly long days, like 12-hour days, um, six days a week to try and make ends meet and just hasn't left any time with uh, with what's left of the time you know I do the radio show with Matt still and um, you know both got families and stuff it just hasn't left any time to actually put aside to do the podcast uh, massively appreciate that people are still downloading old episodes and stuff we're still getting hundreds of people listening every week which baffles me but it's brilliant and we're still getting people signing up to the Patreon, uh, which is on hold still, obviously, because we're not doing anything. Uh, and people still donating. I'm not going to do all the names now because um, I'll do that when Panks is back with me. But you know who you are. Thank you so much. It's hugely appreciated. And in all honesty, right at the beginning of this lockdown, it was an absolute godsend, uh, as I say because we literally had uh, just like a, a full stop put on on a job. It's incredible that that can happen, um, but that is what happened. So, Panks is doing well. I've been speaking to him, uh, obviously regularly, as I always do. Um, he's doing okay. I think he's quite enjoying it, really, just sort of volleying people's packages over their fences. You know, it's sort of in his element, to be perfectly honest. So. Hopefully he comes back to it all. He might find that he absolutely loves delivering parcels. I don't know. That might be his, his new thing. 
anyway um i'm back uh back to uh, recording in the studio with matt adlington as of next week been doing everything remotely um so maybe i can have a little chat with matt and stick something out and uh, try and put something out for you guys i'm just very aware I, to be honest i i know people have said i'll oh, maybe do stuff on your own or with other people it's just not cracked and firth is it so um it's not the same uh, just want to get back recording with me old mate really to be perfectly honest um but yeah i will probably hand you over now to me uh, walking on stage in a tiny little garden in the middle of essex also a uh, quick shout out to the librarian guy who uh, was a listener of the podcast i didn't catch his name because i'm rude uh, this week I went to the library and he said he was a fan of the show so hello make yourself known lovely to meet you and um, I will uh, yeah I'll see you again in the library soon I'm sure uh, yeah hope the gig isn't awful speak to you in a minute please welcome Mr Ash Frick <laughs> Alright. I like that. Let that clap come out is one of the uh, most worrying things I've heard for a while. You don't want that to happen, the old NHS workers, do you? Keep that clap where it is. This is my first this is the first time I've been out in five months. Is anyone is this anyone else's first night out? I wish. What's that? Who was that? You wish it was your first night out? Just to get that fresh vibe back again. Have you been having it loved the entire time? Everyone else has been locked down. You've been working. You're shit. To be, yeah, yeah. You're not very good. Are you together? <laughs> oh, why is that so funny? It's alright. What was that? That was a fuck off. He's not my partner. I wouldn't touch him with her. His wife is what? In the bushes. In the bushes. What's his wife doing? Why are you pointing his wife in the park? Is your wife. She's hanging around the park? She could be. There's a big story here. We don't want to delve into it. I like the fact that everyone else has just been, hang on, is lockdown a real thing or just none of my friends just want to hang out with me? Is that what's happened? <laughs> I've been locked up for five months. You've all, you've just been here, haven't you? Absolute bastards. I like, I like seeing everyone. Like, obviously, it's weird. It's different. I'm sick of, I am sick of, I know you've come out to sort of forget about it. I don't want to talk about it too much, but I am, like, the social distance thing is good. Has anyone else had that thing when you're, like, watching old TV and film and stuff and you have that moment you go oh my god they're touching that's weird you just have that pang of what, what have you that lady over there have you, what, do you know a specific time you've had that no. can you think just like it's weird isn't it yeah. I had it the other day watching pornography <laughs> and I was like that room is too small for 16 people to be in honestly <laughs> that is and what they're doing I'll tell you what is incredibly unhygienic as well there wasn't a mask to be seen that lady could have done with one um, that's, too much, that's too much, that's too much, too much, don't clap that! Awful, awful. Straight. Face masks are good though. I think, I don't want face masks just to be for this, really. I think we should just be wearing face masks. Because I don't want your breath and your germs. I don't want to catch some ugly bloke's sweaty winter cold at any time. I think on every time you go on a train or a bus or a supermarket or my corner shop, you should wear a face mask. Just, I think that should just be the normal thing. And but people, have you heard like, like the last couple of weeks? There've been people actually physically assaulting people who are going into shops 
not wearing face masks. Like they've got a real reason not to be wearing them. Although I will say, have you noticed that most of the people who have got a reason not to wear face masks, they're about my size or bigger, aren't they? Have you noticed that? I can't wear one. Yeah. For some, for some reason, I'm short of breath whenever I'm walking around a supermarket. <laughs> It is weird that the people getting angry at people not wearing face masks now, in this area particularly, are the same people that were angry with people wearing face masks about five years ago. Have you noticed that as well? But those ladies wearing burkas, they're the ones laughing now, aren't they? They are protected. I, um, I looked at some of the local news before I, before I came here. I thought I'd have a little look, see what's going on in Westcliff. Uh, top of the news, I saw bloke in a tree for four hours in Chalkwell Park last week. <laughs> Did you hear about that? Who's local? Are you guys? It was you. Looking for your wife, probably. <laughs> four hours he was stuck up a tree. They had, they had four police cars, a fire engine and an ambulance. Did you hear about it? Well, he was just shouting at people, wasn't he? Passers by. What's wrong with that? What is wrong with that? <laughs> I feel like that's what I'm doing to a certain extent. <laughs> Did we, did we find out what it was that he was angry about? I never saw on the story, it just said he was up there. But they did say that because it's Chalkwell and he was up there for four hours, that is now officially a residence. It's worth 600 grand. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, and what about this news? Jesus Christ. I forgot, I should have mentioned this at the top. Congratulations are in order, aren't they, for South End? Do you know the big news at South End? Nodding over there. This week, it's been announced Southend got back into the top ten most adulterous places in the UK. <laughs> Congratulate you. Yeah, right. Give yourself a round of applause there. Because you slipped down to 12th last year, but by God, this year you have fucked your way back in there. You weren't having Skegness jumping ahead of you. You've been out there doing it. Oh, honestly, you've done absolutely... Is anyone having an affair tonight? Well done, there you go, you have passed the first check. I mean as well, in lockdown, five months of lockdown, if you've been having an affair, congratulations to you, because that must have been, I'm just popping out, where are you going? I don't know, I've got nothing. Well done those people, honestly. But it's weird, like none of you answered, which is obviously the right thing to do, because why would you answer? But this is based on a survey. So at some point, people have been walking up and down South End High Street going, excuse me, I'm doing a survey. Are you having an affair? And some people have gone, yes, I am, yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> you all right there? Coughing. You're not allowed to cough anymore without everyone going, oh. So I want for the next... Yeah, have you noticed that when people are coughing as well, they go, COVID? No, it's not acceptable. But you're in the NHS, you probably checked all the time. They... They're throwing PPE at you guys. You're probably selling it out the back of your car, aren't you? <laughs> car boot sales, just, well, get, chuckle this PPE out the door. <laughs> or not. <laughs> have you, uh, so if you've been locked down with loved ones, have you noticed, like me, the amount of arguments you've been having has just gone through the roof? Um, next year is definitely going to be the divorce. The records are going to be broken for divorces. Like, my girlfriend, she went, you know, the worst thing about this COVID has been absolutely atrocious. No, I feel, I feel like I've lost, like, my identity. I'm not going to work. I'm not socialising. I went, what's been the best thing about COVID? She went, I've spent so much time with you. And honestly, I felt less about her when she said that. I was like, I provide nothing is what I've realised. These five months, I've realised I'm putting nothing into this relationship. And the fact that you're still with me makes me think there's something wrong with you, is what I'm thinking. <laughs> I am giving nothing back to this relationship. She's seeing me being there as a high point of the situation. 
we're arguing all the time about everything. We're finding new things to argue about as well. Like the other day, we had some friends around for like in the garden. Don't worry about it. Uh, we had some friends around, and I was uh, I was like, I was at the shop, and I said, like, "What do you want me to get?" And she went, "Get some crisps." I went, "Okay, I'll get some crisps. Any particular kind?" She went, "You know, posh crisps." It's like, no, I think that's an oxymoron. I don't think there's such a thing as posh crisp. You're looking at me like there is. <laughs> do you know what she meant by posh crisps? Not what? Well, so I said frazzles, but what's that? What would you say? What's the posh crisps at the back? You were nodding. What? What are you saying? Posh crisps? Uh, roasted chicken and thyme. Roasted chicken and thyme. La di da. Yeah, it's still a crisp, though, isn't it? It is still a crisp. Any food that you eat with your hand out of a bag, I'm saying that can't be posh, can it? <laughs> I said to her, what are you talking about? Like I said, frazzles. I said, quavers. I thought they might be nice. They've got a curl to them, at least. <laughs> she went, no, you know, hand-cooked crisps. I went, what are you talking about? Hand-cooked crisps. She went, posh crisps are hand-cooked crisps. Again, you're looking at me like, yes, you all know that's a thing. Have you all heard of hand-cooked crisps? What does that mean? At what point in the process of those crisps being made were they hand-cooked were they pulled out of the ground by hand? No. Were they washed by hand? No. Were they sliced by hand? No. Were they heated by hand? No. Where does the hand come in? Well, at what point are they hand cooked? And why does that make it posh as well? Since when does something being handled add value to the product? Oh, you know it's good. It was done by hand. The Westcliff Strangler. He killed 15 women. By hand? Don't hear Marks and Spencer's talking about that, do you? This isn't any serial killer. This is the Westcliff Strangler. 17 women killed by hand. It's weird as well. Like, I, just, I think it would... I don't want my food. If anything, you promising me it hasn't been touched by hand raises the value. I went to the Ivy about... Well, it's about a year ago now. And if I said, oh, what's the most expensive thing? Oh, it's the, uh, the steak, actually. Why is it so expensive? Oh, it's because the chef, when he's cooking it and preparing it, he just goes, ah, rubs his hand on it. But, no, you know what? I don't think I'll have that. I think that'd be... <laughs> have you got anything that hasn't been touched by hand? Good. We, uh, we went into lockdown um, with... Uh, we, did, we planned it really well. We went into lockdown with a new baby. Yeah, that was good. Good move, that was. That was a... We've had a lot of fun. A lot of fun with the baby. And uh, it's been good. It's been really good. Uh, difficult to bond. I mean, we've sort of thrown together. It's not like a, a house share. You know, I, I knew she was coming for a while, but it's difficult to plan, isn't it? And we, I did. I found it difficult to bond. I'm a, I've already got a kid as well. He's about 12, something like that. About that old. And... Uh, so I've sort of completed... I know how old he is, really, by the way. There's a definite thing, like, you should know how old your kid is. I do know. Um, but I, uh, I was like, I've completed parenting. So to go through it all again, I did find it a bit difficult. I'm a little bit older. I found it difficult to bond. So my girlfriend suggested that uh, we go to a baby massage class. <laughs> have you heard about baby massage? Of course you have around here. Yeah, that is... <laughs> we've all done baby massage. I was like, I'll try it, but I honestly can't see the... Po- I honestly... I, I, I just don't think her thumbs are going to be strong enough, basically, is what I'm thinking. <laughs> and I, it has been a fucking stressful five months. I just don't think... <laughs> We're trying, I am trying to... But my girlfriend, she's, uh, she's actually went away the other day. 
She went away for like for two nights. She went away and left me with the baby for the first time. And it was weird. So there were some strange things happening in the build-up to it. Uh, suddenly, my girlfriend bought a load of Google Homes. You know, have we got Google Homes? I was like, that's weird. You don't. Why is she buying all this technology? It's basically a smart speaker like Alexa or whatever. And she put them in all the rooms in the house. So I was like, oh, that's fine. I'll go along with that. And then about an hour after she left, all of a sudden, one of these just went boop. Don't forget milk at seven. I was like, oh my god, it's an intercom. She can literally tell me what to do. Well, I was like, this is totally unacceptable. And it was worse still, right? Because a bit later on, it was so hot. I, um, I, I said, okay, Google, what's the maximum temperature a baby can get to? Turns out she'd set up alerts on her phone to check any searches I'd done. She phoned me and went, what the fuck are you talking about? What do you mean, what's the maximum temperature a baby can get to? I was like, I just want to make sure she's not too hot. I'm not trying to cook her. And it wasn't like, I wasn't looking for an upper level. I was just saying... What's a safe level? She's like, this is ridiculous. I, uh, I thought I'd get my own back in her, actually, with that one while I think about it. And uh, I just said, uh, OK, Google, what's the best way to break bad news to a loved one? I just thought that'd, be, that'd really piss her off. We've, we've had this thing going on where we keep saying, and the parents in the room, you are in the room, fucking hell, parents in the garden, we do this thing where we'd say, like, oh, daddy loves you more. And mummy loves you. And it was quite playful at the beginning. Daddy loves you more. Mummy loves you more. And it was getting to a point where I was getting a bit sad because, like, clearly she loves mummy more. We understand that. <laughs> and I said, look, can we not do that anymore? That's, it's, really, it's kind of breaking my confidence a little bit because I know that she loves you more. And, and she was like, okay, yeah, we'll stop doing it. And then I put, she didn't realise she was putting the baby to bed. I turned the baby monitor on. And as she tucked the baby down, she went, mummy loves you more. I was like, that has broken the rules. That has broken the rules. But then tonight, when I left, the baby cried when she saw me leave. So, one nil me, is what I'm thinking. She's never done that when her mum's left. So, you know, mummy, you, mummy might love you more, but you love daddy more, is what I'm taking from that. We, um, they're saying there's going to be a baby boom, baby boom next year. Have you heard about this? They're saying because everyone's been locked down together for so long, they've been having a lot of spontaneous sex. And there's going to be a baby boom next year. Now, I don't know about you lot who've been locked down with your loved ones, but I am sick of all the spontaneous sex I've been having <laughs> over the last five months. Oh, I can't stop for all the spontaneous... What are we doing now? Oh, God, we're having sex again. I can't believe it. Not been a lot of that going on. It's, uh... What is spontaneous sex as well? I don't think... It's not surprise sex, is it? You're not waking up and you just... <laughs> the most spontaneous thing we did we um, a couple of weeks ago we booked to go to Brighton we went for a weekend away in Brighton and uh, her mum looked after the baby and it was brilliant it was really really nice uh, and it was the first time that we'd actually had away since we had the baby and obviously all this stuff we've literally been locked down it was like we'll go there it's beautiful I love Brighton go on the beach we'll have some nice meals we'll spend some time together and I felt a bit pressure she, she kept referring to it as a dirty weekend as well right now, I don't know, the dirty weekend means basically we got a bit drunk and then fell asleep, is what actually happened. <laughs> there was a lot promised from this dirty weekend. At one point I said, I'm going to make love to you all night long. I haven't got that in, the, in my arsenal, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've got five minutes in me full pelt and then I'm just disappointing both of us and ruining the rest of the night. That's the truth. I felt the pressure though, we all do, lads, we do feel the pressure sometimes, don't we? So what I did was, I'd never done anything like this before, I've never taken drugs or anything before, but I actually bought some Viagra for the trip. Is there anyone in the room done Viagra? One lady at the back. Was that, that's fine, you do what you like, you can do it. 
Did it? Did it work? Did it? Did you get a massive erection? You're yet to, you've just dropped it. She's just dropped the Viagra. You sir, you you ever had a little go on it? You had, yeah. I, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's perfect. Like, I thought, right, I want to make sure. We've got this time together. I want to make sure I'm not a massive disappointment, a tiny disappointment. <laughs> I didn't tell my girlfriend, right? We went to a bar and uh, we we're having a few drinks. And she went, shall we go? And I went, yeah, let's go. And she went off to the toilet. And uh, so I quickly took the Viagra. Because it said it can take two hours to work, right? So it can take two hours to kick in. So I quickly took it. And when she came back from the toilet, she had a tray with shots and pints on it. And I was like... Okay, and I can tell you now, ladies and gentlemen, it does not take two hours for Viagra to work. <laughs> we were sat in the bar. I was as hard as nails. It's the kind of erection you only got, and the ladies, you won't understand this, but the gents will, when you're 13 and you're in geography, and for some reason, it's tricky. You're like, what the fuck am I going to do with that now? And I was in public. I had to tuck it, again, this is the thing that all the men know, I had to tuck it up in my waistband. You know that thing? It's the only way you can deal with it. It's like, put it up there, tighten my belt, hold it securely in place. Literally, lock it down into position is what I have to do. So I did this, and we left the place. And at this point, I told my girlfriend, I was like, look, I've got to be honest with you. I've taken a Viagra, and I literally don't know when this thing's about to go off. It could be at any point. This is, it is ready to go. Don't touch it, whatever you do. And she said, it's, it's best if it's done by hand. I went, don't go back to that argument again. There's uh, <laughs> So we're walking down the street in Brighton, going back to the hotel, and she liked the fact that I'd done it, and it was like it was there. It was quite a turn on, I think, for her. And uh, we will—you don't need to know that. I just thought I'd boast it to you. As we were walking along, these blokes uh, in the street just squared up to us. There was like three blokes, and this guy, literally, like I was 15, went, "What are you looking at?" I went, "I don't know, mate. I don't like. What are you? What are you looking at?" Because I, I, I didn't know what he was looking at at this point. And he saw that, he thought I was being aggressive. He went, you are, do you think you're hard? I went, I'm, I'm pretty hard. <laughs> at the moment, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm, I'm quite hard. Again, that just riled him up even more, I think. And he had a milkshake on him, right? He lost his milkshake at me from about this distance, splatted me with his milkshake. I was like, this is the opposite of what I wanted to happen. <laughs> And he then jumped on me, and so he hit me and then jumped on me, and I was like, I managed to get a couple of punches in, and we fell onto the floor, we would like literally rolling on the floor, and there was a moment that we're fighting and rolling about on the floor, that our eyes locked, and I realised that he had realised that I had a massive erection pressing into it. The look of terror in that man's face at that moment, I can't tell you, but it was like, this guy is fucking loving this fight. He must have thought I was really enjoying it. And eventually a bouncer from a nightclub come over and just pulled this guy away. And, like, literally they threw him. like, fuck off. And the guy, the bouncer, put his arm around me and went, I saw everything. Like, come to back to the club. You can have a couple of drinks on me. Clean yourself up. And I'm really sorry. No, blah, blah. Come in and all that. So I was like, no, seriously, mate. I just want to get back to the hotel now. Don't. He's like, nonsense. I insist. We're going to have some drinks. We'll have a great night. And my girlfriend's like, yeah, yeah, let's go back to the, let's go to the club. I was like, I really don't want to. And he put his arm, yeah, you do. And we walked over. And as we approached the door, there's another bouncer standing there. And the guy goes, it's all right. It's all right there with me. There's some arsehole just starting on this boat. Going to get him a few drinks, clean him up. And the bouncer on the door went, well, we're going to have to search him. And I went, okay. And he passed his thumbs round my belt line. 
and I promise you this is true, right? As he touched my member, he went, is that a weapon you're hiding there? And my girlfriend went, he wishes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being there for a live comedy. Uh, thanks to Ross for going for it, It's been lovely to be back. I'll see you soon, kids. So there you go, that was a gig. I'm now walking home. I've picked up a delicious vegan meal. I'll be home in about five minutes or ten minutes or something. Um, you know what? I was rusty as hell, but it was so good to be back. There was probably about 30 or 40 people. I literally don't know what the recording picked up. Um, You'll hear the bits where I literally go, so I try not just to do a straight set, try to mix it up a little bit and uh, be, keep it interesting for me and um, a lot of the stuff is absolutely brand new. Um, some things there have got something in it, but um, not quite ready, but it was nice, really nice to be back. Good, uh, thanks to Ross McGrain for for putting on a gig um, I, I've got you know I could go and probably do that another five times with you know different material it's on my doorstep and really just shows I think I knew I was going to be rusty but I've got to be honest that um, I think I was even surprised by um, how how rusty I was um, my brain just wasn't firing at the correct speed but it is interesting to see like the muscle memory there were a couple of bits where i did a few lines of material that um just sort of just popped up in my brain and um i think that that it's interesting that my brain still helped me out with that that is just muscle memory i think um quite difficult to explain the sort of rustiness but um just yeah i think just not quite firing as fast as i would normally expect but my last gig i've just looked uh, the last gig i put a date to was 20th of february i definitely did another one after that but i mean not bad it's been five months at least so i can't complain there were laughs in there felt good to be back um i hope that you have enjoyed uh, just a something um i'm sorry that it's not a regular podcast but you know we're not a million miles away i'm sure once gigs start up again and jussie p the problem we have is um literally every comedian on the uk comedy circuit is available so even when the gigs start coming up every comedian is available so it puts us if not the bottom of the list somewhere not near the top so it is difficult but once we're up and running again we'll get a better understanding of filling our diaries for the future and um, as soon as that happens he can stop delivering if he wants to or certainly do a little bit less work and we can um, we can get back to providing you with the quality podcast that you so richly deserve thank you very much i'm sure you'll hear from me again soon bye